0: Hi, Nick here from Pods with Nick and James. Just a quick one before we get into this podcast. I want to say a massive thank you for the uh, support that we've received since starting these podcasts. We thoroughly enjoy it and we look forward to creating more. If you want to have your say on any topics that we've discussed, or suggest future topics, then you can do so at www.reddit.com slash r slash pods. And if you want to support us, you can do so for uh, from as little as one pound a month. And you can do that at www.patreon.com slash James. Anyway, back to the podcast.
1: Hi, welcome to uh, Pods with Nick and James. Um, today's subject is going to be about heroes. I've asked uh, Nick to think about somebody he'd like to bring to the table. Um, I'm going to be bringing someone to the table as well, and then we're going to talk about, just have a discussion about why we like them, um, prompt each other with questions, and just try and have a bit of a backwards and forwards. So rather than it being a information dump, I'm hoping it's going to go... Uh, more like a dialogue which is what we'd always i'm pretty sure both of us had always intended the podcast to be more like that yeah um
0: yeah i agree with that
1: yeah um so without further ado we'll uh let's let's get into it um so what i would want us to focus on today is one person who has inspired us Nick, who is uh, who is the person who has inspired you?
0: Well, I've mentioned this person on the podcast before, and um, it should be no surprise that I mention him again. Um, it's Jacques Fresco.
1: Okay, fantastic. All right, uh, the individual I've chosen is uh, the artist uh, Joseph Mollard William Turner. Um, we'll start, though, with uh, Nick, your one. Um, what can you tell me about... Uh, Uh, jacques fresco and why has he inspired you
0: Um, well um, jacques fresco was born in 1916 he died in 2017 Um, he grew up in New York around the time of the Great Depression and he was massively influenced by um, the impact that it had on his family and to him all that he really noticed Um, changed was that people stopped going to work the factories were still there the materials were still there um, but for some reason sociological input um, dictated that you couldn't work anymore and it caused massive outlay that impacted how he saw the world for the rest of his life to the point where he um, endeavoured to Um, design a um, social system to move us on from previous social systems. Um, He came up with the idea for a resource-based economy. Um, And what I love about the way that he designed this entire social system is that he didn't just go, I think this will be a great idea. He literally designed the resource-based economy, um, sit political and, and sociological system, from the ground up, ironing out all of the kinks and 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 all the flaws that may well come with it. Um, but the best thing about his his mentality throughout it all um, is that he he didn't do it for he didn't at any point do it for personal gain. Um, he did it for the the good of humanity shall we say and he wasn't any kind there was no agenda towards any particular race it was for everybody as a human race um he even says that his um his system doesn't work with borders it doesn't work with with divides between humanity it's either all or nothing um and yeah i mean it it really is an incredible piece of work that he he designed during his time alive Um, And he kept professing it all the way up to 2017 when he died.
1: Well, you know what? You've got to respect some... Although there is some respect for people who um, are able to change, like, there's even more respect for people who stick to their guns. So that's, yeah, fair play to him. Like, I also love the fact that what you've said there is that he made something for everybody else that doesn't benefit him. Like, even even heroes like uh, Alexander Hamilton who invented a lot of the financial systems within the New York stock market he was the treasurer of uh, yeah of the United States so you know you could argue that their work was still had some self-interest whereas what you said about yeah Jacques is that just he wouldn't have been able to benefit from it at all. Like, yeah. what is with the resource based economy? Um, does it have other than a resource based economy? Does it have any other names that people might have heard of?
0: Um, it there's there's uh, he's designed um, almost like so. he's so the resource based economy comes hand in hand with um, almost like convents i suppose is one way that you would see them now but they're not designed like that at all Um, where instead of having um, humans in little pockets all over the countryside in order to um, in order to live in a symbiotic relationship with uh, the planet you have a mass city hub of human um, and then nothing all the rest is given back to nature and nature just consumes it um, and flourishes Um, and then you interconnect all of these hubs these cities with transport between the two between all of them across the country across the world and so it went way beyond from way beyond just a resource-based economy it went into like designing a holistic um, social system um, that encompassed, as I said, a symbiotic relationship with nature, which he fully um, accepted was the only way that we were going to be able to survive um, without um, self-annihilation was through um, working with, within the laws of nature and not trying to manipulate nature and, and make nature um, mold to you.
1: That's interesting, and like that isn't something that um, I'd necessarily thought about when designing a social system from the from the ground up. Um, okay, what can you tell me about uh, about Sharkin about his? I don't know. Like, although he invented this, did he? Was he university educated or like?
0: Yeah, I mean, he he. he had um he was a social engineer um he called himself a social engineer he worked as an inventor but his first actual job was working with um a company um, an aircraft company i did make a note of it earlier one second um it was i've completely lost it in a month in amidst all of my notes now but um he worked for a uh, an aircraft company they thought that his ideas were too out there and he didn't last but his he, the best thing about his designs were they were all like engineered um within reason none of them were like um not achievable but they certainly weren't mainstream um so which is why he he flourished i think mostly through freelance work inventing things and and designing things for people um specifically
1: okay that's interesting and like um I, yeah it's well it's good to know that he was able to get the freelance work after being um ostracized from a company um and i know that that's from my own personal experiences recently that that's not necessarily easy so yeah fair play to him um okay brilliant all right so he worked as a as a would you call it an aeronautics engineer yeah
0: a designer um, aeronautics engineer and designer okay. on some and of the then early aircraft
1: still yeah and still kept on kind of working in that field yeah freelance Lots way, okay. What do you do? You think he would like if he was born later and kind of stayed in that field? Do you think he would have worked on like the saber engines, um, which kind of take jets into space, or like kind of worked on any of the SpaceX stuff?
0: No, I don't. I don't think so because a lot of what he, um, a lot of what he designed later on was with the mind to have mass production and with the mind to have ease of production and um, remanufacturability so it wouldn't be like oh we'll design this machine that's going to go up once or twice Um, like he designed um something in 19 just after the second world war um called the trend house which was designed entirely out of aluminium and glass um, with the, with the mindset for it to be mass produced and for it to be able to be put up in, in like two week time in a two week uh, timescale and it was one of the first of its kind and it was revolutionary at the time um, and everything that he designed in all of the the city structures that he um, built or, or designed um, for a couple of the projects later on in life one of which is the Venus project um, was about creating um easy to produce and and almost um modular um, um dwellings and and um and like shops and things like that that if we needed another one they could just be pumped out of the factory and then delivered to the location and just dumped into place um and they didn't look terrible. Just to, just to clear that up before anybody goes getting it oh that must that must look terrible. No no no. His his designs were beautiful, and the way that they look in in some of the videos that you can you can see, they literally just get plugged into the side of a um, of an upright building. Uh, but when when you need more when you need more dwellings for for more be more people, you just plug another a set of dwellings in the side of a building. Um, they were. It was incredible. It was revolutionary. But like I said, it it would it wouldn't have worked along the mentality of like um, aerospace engineering or anything like that because it tends to be quite disposable. And he was very much about uh, mass produce and, and recyclable and and like I said, about creating a symbiotic relationship with nature. and You can't do that in quite a disposable mentality. Mm.
1: Is that the um okay so you've clearly like been inspired by um his his thinking process and the way that he does things like um i don't know um is there anyone else that you can compare him to in history who's been particularly holistic or is this the thing that kind of like sets him apart as a designer as a thinker, as a social engineer is this kind of almost all angles kind of covered um, if that makes sense Ness of his uh,
0: I think yeah, there's, there's philosophers method. there's philosophers that have ticked the boxes much the same as Jacques Fresco has um, but what you get with Jacques Fresco is like you said it's the whole it's the whole system it's it's mm. not just it's the way of thinking it's the way of living, um, it's, he's designed it all, um, and he's crossed every T and he spent over a hundred years, um, I suppose he spent over eighty years or so. Developing this this mentality of um, symbiosis, and the idea of there not being the need for money and as a matter of fact money. Um, tends to hold back quite a lot of our development, um, a lot of our um, ability as a as a race. Um, and he want he want he wanted to like abolish any kind of um, system that was centered around debt or or subservience or or servitude. It was if if the resource is required and we, the resource is available, then the resource should be used um otherwise it shouldn't you know
1: mm. no that's fair because it's you know it's very it's very difficult to argue against um if there's a need there's a way to do it and the resources are there then it is simply the ideas of ownership the ideas of debt and the ideas of profit that stop it from happening which I imagine is the very things that kind of like he witnessed um, during that uh during the depression in New York okay um hmm is there any uh, any materials that you'd recommend uh, people uh people watch or people um people check out in order to get an idea of uh
0: well, yeah, i i first fresco. i first heard about Jacques fresco as he appeared at the end of the the zeitgeist the movie um, kind of documentary docufilm um info documentary I don't know what you'd call it um, where they discuss um, a lot of uh, i suppose some people might call it conspiracist um, propaganda but it's it's quite. I find it quite an interesting topic actually about the, the, the beginnings of religion across the planet and the, the, the similarities across most religions um, and then the impact that money has had across all of the world and how that, that goes hand in hand quite often with, with financial leverage um, and then right at the end of it, they what they did was they posed a solution and the solution was the venus project that was designed by Jacques fresco now he had no hand in um the zeitgeist movie but the people that did uh, that came up with the zeitgeist movie um asked if they could, respect for him asked if they could advocate the, the venus project because they thought this is the future this is where we should be going um And he was more than happy for that to be added into the end of this film. Um, So if if anybody's got time and you want to have a look, there's a few of them, but definitely start with Zeitgeist the movie. Um, Otherwise, there is a lot of material on the Venus project, um, which is a project that he started in in Florida with um, his partner, um, which is like the startings of this resource-based economy and all of the designs for the cities and things like that. There is actually a place in Florida you can go and see all of the models and everything that he designed personally, um, which would be... Fantastic. ...like that that, that set-up, as it were. Well, it really I think is. it's always
1: good to have uh, something physical that you can go to. Um, weirdly enough, although I... You know what? I watched the Zeitgeist movie and I was inspired um, at the time, although I... Uh, disagree with a fair amount of it now and like just looking at how some of the facts that are shown but i will admit the quotes from jacques fresco that they used i'm assuming he was the, the old he guy. was an elderly gentleman yeah. yeah 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 okay all right so although i disagree with the way a number of facts and a number of statements within the zeitgeist film the stuff that i can't argue with or a, a lot of the stuff that i can't argue with is weirdly enough the stuff from jack fresco like i will admit that it's yeah it's 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 pretty it's pretty solid stuff
0: yeah i mean like you can I, see I, I, that I he he spent a lot of time thinking out all of the the folly balls and all of the flaws of his his plan his his system um, and mm. when he talks it's with real um, conviction. conviction yeah exactly conviction um, but yeah. I, I agree the the zeitgeist movie itself there's it peppers a lot of what I can only describe as propaganda with um, liberal fact and and with with poignant ideas just to kind of back up this um, this un unjustified propaganda that it, it it's replete with, um, mm. but like I said, it is really interesting. There is a there is a lot of stuff in there that does kind of provoke thought. Um,
1: well, but uh, this is the thing as well. Like I will freely admit, like for as a as a conversation starter or as a basis, um, I think it's actually fantastic at that because at least it does ask the questions. Well, how did religion? Come about in the first place? What are some of the problems with it? What are some of the, you know, like I think, even though I don't necessarily agree with maybe where it goes or with the what or with some of the things that it says, and you know what, like we could even do another podcast or, or just on that film on the whole, but like the very fact that it at least bothers to ask the questions, or at the very least bothers to put a view or some historical context in, like, I I think if you watch it and don't question it, then I don't think you've got the point of it, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean, I've watched all of the Zeitgeist movies um, purely because it does provoke the thought even if the questions it's asking um are one-sided um what it does for me is it provokes the thought process that allows me to then um, think for myself and find my own answers um where i i'm not just taking it for granted that that is how things are Um, and i think that's very important i personally like i'm agnostic i don't I don't necessarily follow follow a religion, I'm not really sure that I I necessarily believe in what the common conception of God is, but I do believe um, there's there's something more. Um, However, um, the thing that really made me go hold on that's really interesting with the zeitgeist movie is where it goes into the money side of things and the very construct of money and how highly flawed that is i'm very logic driven and the whole monetary system is highly illogical um and having that all made very plain and clear in front of me in a movie was like what why how how has nobody noticed this before why is nobody asking this question when it comes to money um
1: when it came to the banks I, again although there was some stuff in there that i disagreed with like i did love the fact that they look at how if you create value out of out of nothing either you're saying you well first off you are saying that everyone else's money is now worth less because the amount of resources in the world doesn't change which is why they then moved on to the Venus project and it is it's actually quite you know a logical step it does make sense um, but I I did like how uh, they kind of looked at how just the immorality of creating nothing and then just creating this circulation um, I, I guess money in itself is just a tool for the circulation of goods and services mm. but if you if you make money too much of a thing then i don't know yeah i i did like the 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 historical examples they used, like with the court case where somebody um somebody refused to pay uh the mortgage in that ha- on on their house in America and I think this was in the 1800s and the the judge actually went rather than on the side of the banks actually went on the side of the the individual because the individual pointed out that the the money is bookkeeping money and is therefore it's not theirs, not not really theirs, not really real not really anything, and the person made such a good defence for why what the banks were doing was immoral that literally the judge had to end the conversation or end the case with the uh, "Yep, you guys have literally just lied." Um, only God can make something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't owe you anything.
0: Yeah, yeah, um,
1: which is 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 interesting. Yeah, which okay. you wouldn't get but, nowadays. But... <laughs> You d- oh, you most definitely wouldn't. Like, I'm to be fair, I'm surprised it happened at all, but I'm still happy that it did.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
1: Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, um, with yeah, like, what what changes have you? Do you feel you've made in your life? Um, due to your. Uh, your appreciation and respect for Jacques Crousteau. Sorry, Jacques Crousteau Is that the am I fresco? It right? Fresco. Fresco. God yeah,
0: damn yeah. it. That's no, fine. Um, so there's not. It's difficult because um, when you think about the monumental task of changing a social system, um, despite how um, how right it feels and how right it it seems to everybody i talk to the power that one person has is minute so what i tend to do is i say um, like knowing is enough if you understand the system and and you know that it's the right decision to make then all the choice that you have is to continue in the system that we're in until an opportunity presents itself to make the change um that's necessary to like to move humanity forwards um because there are too many people that are set on a monetary system now too many people in positions of power because money gives power and therefore the people in the greatest um positions inside the monetary system are the people with the greatest power and therefore the people most reluctant to make the changes and the people most relu- most um, likely to make the changes are actually the people with the lowest amount of power because they're the people with the lowest amount of money and um, so I quite often when I, when I talk to people about it I say look just talking about it amongst yourselves is enough um, knowing um, that this is the change that needs to happen within the world um, is enough and that eventually the monetary system will collapse there will be a massive um, occurrence a situation that occurs that allows for a choice to be made and it's at that moment when Um, enough of us will need to stand up and say this is what we are going to do and this is how we are going to do it in order for that change to take place. Um, Other than that, you still have to survive within the system that is present on Earth today. So, survive. Survive in the best way that you can. Um, Meld, mix, be part of the system because to go against the system you render yourself completely helpless and completely powerless. You can do mm. nothing. You have to um, adjust for now, at least.
1: I, I love that because that's literally kind of the uh, the opposite that uh, Karl Marx uh, would say. But I actually respect your way a lot more because he he cla- you know he uh, lived within a capitalist capitalist system made money through capitalism through the selling of papers and but then said that everyone else needs to uh, give up all safety for their families uh give in to a huge revolution um and make you know kill be killed make horrible sacrifices
0: i mean if what you want is and then war. he just said
1: good good luck with it
0: yeah, I mean if they, if if what you want is war, if what you want is death, then absolutely take Karl Marx's way, like ball ball fist your way, um or ball head your way right into the revolution. Um but you will meet immense resistance. Um what you like the only real way that you'll move away from the system that we're in is when it is clearly apparent to everybody that the system is highly flawed and broken and needs a radical change in which case upstand the people with the, the knowledge that have like a ready-made system to walk into at that moment what? you make a peaceful transition away from a broken system into what could potentially be a great system Um, But one thing that Jacques Fresco says, which I've repeated in numerous podcasts in the past, is that every social system that has existed has existed for a reason and has had to exist in order for us to appreciate where we are now and where we need to go. That does not mean that the resource-based economy is the final product. It just means that it's a viable next step. And there may well be further evolutions that we take down the road. But comparative to the system that we currently exist within, um, it is the next step. It is the right step forwards. We just need to make sure we take that step at the right time.
1: I. Uh, that's a very... Again, this kind of seems to be something that uh, seems to be a thing with Jacks thought is that that's incredibly enlightened in that saying that uh, saying that this is the solution to the current problem but it's not the solution to all problems and therefore will not be perfect in and of itself like just that's uh, from a salesman's point of view that's self-defeating from a realistic point of view and from a integrity point of view that's flawless
0: and that's the point isn't uh, it he was not about doing anything for personal gain it was about social gain mm. it was about global gain it was about everybody benefiting from the effort that he put in um, and therefore he was free to say those things because they were the right things to say
1: yeah that's fair okay well um Thank you for, uh, yeah, explaining a little bit about uh, one of your heroes there. That, that's, yeah, that feel that's helped, uh, helped me understand a little bit more where, where you're coming from. And, well, actually, to be fair, I, we've already spoken a bit about this before, but I think it was, yeah, it was worth including um, on the podcast. So Yeah,
0: no, thanks, I appreciate that. Uh, Thank, you. that. Um, Thank you. What I
1: about yourself? That, yeah, so I'm going to be honest with you. I think my one is uh not quite as impressive. He definitely wasn't as holistic. Um but I do appreciate the moral stands that uh this person took. So um my one of my heroes uh is the painter Joseph Mollard William Turner, mm-hmm. um who was born in seventeen seventy five uh in London and died in um eighteen fifty one um Although it's weird because, like, uh, I've just heard that he died in 1851. The books that I used to read said that he died in 1850, but regardless, you get an idea at least of the period of his life. Maybe he um, died on
0: New Year's Eve.
1: Well, he did die late December, you're right. So, like, it it just... Yeah, I don't know. It's... Uh, it's a gray area me. it's a gray it's area. a gray area that's it which is is weird because he was the upper class of english society by the end of his life but uh some of the reasons why i liked him was first off uh i've been i i like his work i like his paintings uh, i specifically like his later life uh work and romantic paintings um I also like the morality behind his work, um, which we'll go into in a, in a little bit. And then when... With artists, you... Some of the... You know, you, with any bunch of famous people, you get a variety of what they were like in real life. And um, when compared to other artists whose work I enjoyed like Paul uh, Gorgon um, Gorgon sorry, um, this Turner actually seems like a complete saint by by comparison um, one of the things that I liked was that he came from a working class family and worked his way up, uh, when asked what his secret was he literally said my only secret is hard work, um He was obsessive and dedicated to, just as uh, Jacques was dedicated to the Venus Project and a resource-based economy, Turner was always obsessed with painting. Like, it's what he did from the age of a child to when he was um, an apprentice to an architect to when he got his own studio to when he became uh part of the royal academy to when he became professor at uh, the royal academy professor of perspective um, at the royal academy all of these things were pursuing excellence in one field in one thing which to him was landscape painting Um, he overcame a number of obstacles in his life uh his mum um unfortunately uh ended up going to St Mary Bethlehem uh sorry the famous asylum yeah St Mary Bethlehem or Bedlam yeah Bedlam um which is where the where the word bedlam comes from um when he was still still a young man um and I really uh yeah so I just really respect that pursuit of excellence um the fact that he um founded the turner prize uh that he invested his money in a number of um charities for supporting um under under successful artists um yeah just he, he and then also just the fact that he i hate to say it the fact that he was english born and bred said that had travelled all across Europe and yet said that the the best skies in all of Europe are those in Margate which uh, is not something you'll hear repeated nowadays <laughs> no I bet it's not um, yeah, <laughs> yeah um, which is why the Turner Contemporary is is built in Margate I um, so reckon that's
0: why they built Dreamland in Margate um,
1: I think uh, I think Margate was something else in his time. Um, And yeah, you know what, the short answer is no. The more (laughs) I dig on this one, the more I'm going to be digging down. So, just moving swiftly on um, on that one. Uh, But yeah, that's what he inspired me to do, was to paint and try new things, to work hard at achieving goals, so he's kind of like one of the reasons why I did an art degree and why I I worked hard, like I'd show up to the studio space, no one else was around, and I'd be writing in my textbooks, I'd be painting, I'd be doing all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of other people um, still got better grades than me because genuinely they were better and more talented, but he, he had a, a good work ethic, and I felt he was a really good example um, of somebody who's dedicated to a single thing.
0: Um... I like it. I'm a terrible artist myself and I can barely draw a stick man without feeling like I've done a terrible job. However, I, like, my three daughters are all incredible artists. My partner, my wife is an incredible artist and um, yeah, she, like, they all um, can see things in images like in their head even before they even put it on paper that I I can't I can appreciate art that has been drawn and that has been painted and I'm one of those people that will stare at a painting for hours and lose myself in all the intricacies of of the brush strokes etc but could I achieve it I think maybe that's why I, I I find it so remarkable is because I know it's beyond my capabilities
1: well, this is this is another thing that I loved about him. Um, at several points, he saw other artists work. Um, okay, so I guess this is the weird thing about Turner. I'm looking back at how he was with people. I'm pretty sure he was autistic. Like, not just mildly. Like, ma- massively autistic, if I'm honest with you. Like, high-functioning mm. autistic. Like, he is reported to have broken down in tears um at when going to particular shows uh, as a as a teenager and seeing certain works and when asked why it was just it, he would say things like well because i know that i can't do that um and never will be and he you know he proved himself wrong on several occasions
0: i doubt he thought uh, that
1: well he apparently he he may not have fought it eventually but uh he uh i don't know I'm just going by the reports of things yeah yeah um like what I will say is going back and researching him in his private life um I will admit he was not a perfect person uh he um I don't know. Like it's it's almost not even worth mentioning nowadays. But like he never married, so he he never married, but he put on a pseudo name, so he pretended to be married, but never did. Like there's a
0: maybe uh, it was to save wonder... himself from the embarrassment of not being married in like, a society p- partly, where it wasn't normal to not be married. He...
1: Yeah, I think I, I get that sense with him. Like, a lot of his... He was ahead of his time um, and he... Like, he was a devout atheist as well and, like, he, he... He did speak up and he did do a lot of... He did a... He, he,
0: mm,
1: he was a patriot. He was an atheist. He was not necessarily a revolutionary um, he did have an appreciation of technology. Um, I guess one of the reasons why I also really respect him is the one thing that he did speak up on massively um, in at least one of his works. Uh, so my favourite work of his is Slavers Throwing Overboard the Dead and the Dying, which is a massive... Um, one one and a half... sorry, like... 75 centimetres about uh, high to one and a half metres wide protest uh, about slavery and although his mum went to, you know, was put into a sane asylum, he didn't make works about mental health. He didn't make works about individual government policies that he disagreed with. He didn't make works about the Um, yeah, about the degradation of London life or about the struggles of the working man even though he never lost his own um, working class accent he made one major political work and one major political statement and that was to do with the events of um, slavers whose slaves were covered for drowning um, but not for sickness uh, throwing sick slaves overboard and just the moral repugnant of it and the image is uh, is quite repugnant, is quite violent is in, in itself but it's I don't know. It's a very captive image, so um, yeah, listeners. Well, if you check out... um,
0: if you chuck me the, the title for the piece um, mm. in a message after, I will post it on the Reddit so people viewers. If you if you're listening, head over to the Reddit and uh, there'll be a Brilliant. link for the works on there.
1: No, no, the work itself is one of the few ones that was sold to uh, America. Um, Despite Turner being English and a lot of his work being in the National Gallery and in the Turner Contemporary, mm. unfortunately, this one is in the New York uh, National Gallery. Oh, well, sorry, New York isn't a city, but you know what I mean. It's yeah. the National Gallery in New York has this painting, um, and it is uh, I guess you know what it's to do with the slave trade, so it is to do with American history. Yeah. Um. So yeah. All right. That's. Why that's that's my guy. Um, thank you for <laughs> listening to that little rant, but no, no he
0: I is, can see why yeah. he he was quite obviously somebody that um, walked his own path and mm. wasn't afraid to um, to support those around him. Um, and I can see the the effect that he's had on you. Um, I know from personal experience that I, I personally account my aptitude with my current job, um, partly culpable um, to yourself. So I can see that that um, helping mentality has been um, probably quite like heavily inspirational for yourself, um, but also yeah, it's, a bit it's of a visionary part in self of it as well. well
1: just to be fair although i d- we won't go too much backwards and forwards whilst on this whilst we're recording you're good at your job because you're good at your job Nick like that that's I might have done my best to show you what I know but you, you, your talent is very much your own um although I do appreciate the shout out all the same.
0: No, the point is that it was you were you were you didn't think of it as a hardship. As a matter of fact, you trained a number of staff whilst I was working, and you never once complained about having to train a new member of staff. Um, and that in itself is um, is reflective of the influence that that Turner had on you.
1: True through uh although I, I will admit I also personally enjoy sharing
0: information it's another reason why we're doing this podcast absolutely absolutely yeah. um so are there other pieces um by Turner that you would you would suggest that the oh absolutely listeners... um
1: although although I'm not a massive fan of his earlier work as you can still see the um the architectural draftsman in him. Um the the Fighting Timurera um is an amazing piece. Uh the rise of the Carthaginian Empire, uh the fall of Carthage, uh are two kind of sister pieces which uh are historical as historical painting had more elevation back in the eighteen hundreds. Um Annabelle crossing the Alps isn't necessarily my favourite piece of his, but it's another very famous uh one of one of his like any of i would recommend any of his later work if you're if you're looking for um amazingly expressive uh but not quite surreal um paintings i'd i'd recommend any any of those uh yeah in fact actually i'd say the the fighting Timur era is like one of my one of uh, possibly my second uh, yeah, my second favouriteist of his is, uh, yeah, just the colours uh, that one is in the uh, the National Gallery
0: So if um, you have the chance memory. to go to the National Gallery, then then go check that out um, Yeah Yeah, I mean I, as I said, I, I can appreciate oh, I don't know a lot of Turner, which probably shows my lack of culture, um, but um, I personally uh, Van Gogh is probably one of my favourite artists um, Oh his, absolutely His story um, as well as the art he presented um, is absolutely fantastic The man was replete with mental health problems and and displayed that within his work so beautifully mm. um, He was a very troubled man um, and
1: the... no it's it, it's you're absolutely right and it's kind of like there's still mystery around van gogh's death like yes the coroner report said that or you know the police report says that he shot himself but then <laughs> ballistic experts have looked at it and looked at the angle of the shot and you know some people have said that oh well he couldn't have done that without breaking his hand using the weapon that that was used so it's kind of like oh well was he shot and then covered up for the people who had shot him um, it's
0: I mean knowing the, the mental health troubles he had he may well have been Maybe. May, may well have asked um, somebody to take care of business for him um, mm. like knowing that he wasn't able to do it himself this is the same man that cut his ear off and gave it to his his love um, just so that she had a piece of him um, it, it incredibly twisted but at the same time incredibly beautiful <laughs> so you know you you can't understand the mind especially given the fact that it's long gone um, mm. but what is left behind is is some of the most incredible artwork um
1: no yeah, absolutely absolutely like i do uh, i do love his skyscapes but then again i'm i'm a sucker for the skyscapes which also feature heavily in turner's work um
0: I, I do wonder whether or not there was a lot of drug use when it comes to van gogh though <clears throat> not because oh, okay. um not because i think of him as a drug user but because um like the, the, imagery. the imagery is highly hallucinogenic and um, mm. it's incredibly hallucinogenic um mm. and the way that you can i mean if you stare at um, a van Gogh piece for long enough, you almost feel like you're falling into it. Um, and that, I think has got some kind of um, like some kind of hallucinogenic effect, I suppose. Um, the fact that he was able to capture that, if that was un- if that was what he saw whilst he was under the influence of hallucinogenics and he was able to capture that in art form, that's absolutely amazing. Um,
1: no, yeah, absolutely right. Uh, he is um he's one or oh, he's not although turner is my, is my favorite painter van gogh is uh, is up there as well yeah I freely admit um also i i think a lot of people did take drugs i don't think there was quite the same stigma um i think if you let your your life fall apart then there was stigma attached to that but i know you know um turner was actually uh, an opium addict um but Handled his addiction um and kept it mostly out of the private eye, or sorry, public eye. so um, I don't know. I think the kind of part of the the war on drugs has been this demonizing of its use um, by people or or kind of like making it you know what that in itself
0: that is, a is whole, also another to- a whole that is topic. another
1: topic absolutely. Um, but yeah. Oh, i'm uh i'm really happy with this conversation i've learned i've definitely learned a thing or two um i'm probably am going to go back and watch uh some of the zeitgeist movies i'll uh i'll send you some uh some of the titles of uh of turner's work and we'll take it from there Yeah, mm. uh, listeners i hope you've learned something too and um yeah you know send us a comment um Let us, if there are any topics that you would like to hear us talk about, uh, please let us know. Have a good evening and have good weeks.
0: Thank you for listening. Take care.